0: Good morning, everyone. We're going to depart from what we've been thinking about, and I'll tell you the reason in a moment. And the text that I want to read and quote this morning is 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16, God was manifest in the flesh. I originally had in mind to speak about the Christian home again today. However, as I was seeking God's help, I felt sure because of what happened on Friday that I should speak about the glory of my precious Lord Jesus. I was endeavoring to communicate the gospel to a young lady <clears throat> who had been indoctrinated by a particular organization into believing a certain twisted and perverted version of the scriptures was true. And as I tried to present the Lord Jesus to her, I was really upset and deeply grieved as she began to deny his divinity. And she said things about him that I believe to be blasphemous. But actually, like every other false religion, their wicked objective is always to denigrate the person of our glorious Lord and Saviour, God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But before I embark on this subject, I'd like to remind you of the verses prior to those we read in Luke chapter 10 regarding the Good Samaritan. And here they are. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knows who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. The fact that there has been a revelation of God to humanity in and through the person of God's own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is so wonderful and it is the greatest gift ever given. But please notice it's not to the worldly wise and the worldly prudent. No, it is to babes. In other words, those who, like children, trust what their father tells them and simply and humbly take God at his word. That's what faith is. John chapter 1 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him, or he has shown him out. And again Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. So as we have seen the revelation of the Father, and that revelation is through the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, there is not, nor indeed can be, a revelation of the Son himself. Jesus said, no one knows who the Son is except the Father. A mystery in the New Testament, and there are lots of them, is something previously hidden but is now revealed. However, This verse we're thinking about in 1 Timothy 3.16 is an exception. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. This truth that God became man, that Jesus is holy God and holy man, and that today there is a man sitting upon the throne of God in heaven, is impossible to understand totally incomprehensible and even though incomprehensible and unknowable these things are true and have been clearly stated in the holy scriptures what i think is so incredible and sad is the attitude of heart that says if i can't believe it i don't sorry if i can't understand it i don't believe it there are many things in scripture that we don't and can't understand And why should we be arrogant enough to say that, therefore, we don't believe God's revelation? Are you setting yourself up as God? Why should the creature demand to understand everything about the Creator? Of course we can't. The wonderful fact that God became man in the person of Jesus is absolute divine truth and revelation. And it has also been witnessed by those privileged people who have known the Lord Jesus and have borne testimony to these facts on the pages of our Bibles. Before his birth, even before he was conceived in the virgin's room, v- womb, the uh, angel Gabriel came to Mary with the message, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him <coughs> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat this morning <coughs> The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, no frontier, in other words. And Mary's reply was this How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Also the angel said to Joseph, Joseph thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. At his birth the angel came to the the shepherds on the hillside around Bethlehem, you remember. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. All this was prophesied centuries before his birth. Isaiah chapter 7, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah chapter 9 Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counsellor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, or the Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. When Mary and Joseph brought the baby to to the temple, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. You remember at the age of twelve the Lord Jesus was found sitting in the midst of the doctors, that is, the doctors of the law, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. His mother said unto him, Son, why have, you sought me, why have we sought thee sorrowing? And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Referring, of course, to his father in heaven. At the age of thirty, before he commenced his public ministry, he came to John the Baptist to be baptized in the river of Jordan. It says, Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Allow it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lower voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is the record of John the Baptist, when Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. But there standeth one among you who you know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. The next day John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptise with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. All through his life the Lord Jesus had testimony from those whose lives had been touched by him. Nathanael was one of those. It says, Nathanael answered and said unto him, Jesus, I said unto Jesus, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw the end of the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. He said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending. Upon the Son of Man. Peter, James and John witnessed his majesty and glory. Peter says, We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. The blind man, you remember, who received his sight in John chapter 9. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. In the garden of Gethsemane, when they came to take him, it says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things which should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Who seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Over and over, especially in John's Gospel, the Lord Jesus uses the divine title, I am. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. But here in John chapter 18, they went backwards and fell on their faces to the ground in front of the great I am the God of Moses, who revealed himself in the burning bush, the deliverer of his people from the slavery of Egypt. As Jesus reclined his head and dismissed his spirit upon the cross, the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, and they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And we could go on and on and talk about the resurrection and how he was seen and heard by his disciples and the women at the sepulchre, and how he passed through closed doors and vanished out of their sight in his glorious resurrection body. We could also listen to Stephen, the first Christian martyr, who said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they stoned Stephen, as he called upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. But we might also think about what it is said in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Please remember what Genesis one says. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And here in these verses it was the Word who became flesh, who made everything. He is none other than the God of creation. Then we may think about the scripture that tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it says of Jesus, he did no sin. He knew no sin. In him is no sin. Scripture also says of him that he was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. He not only did not sin, but he could not sin. Even though Scripture says he was tempted, it was he was sin apart. He was tempted to sin by the devil, but he was never tempted by sin. Scripture tells us that God cannot be tempted with evil. So after just a very limited consideration of a few scriptures, I believe we can conclusively state that Jesus is none other than the Son of God. He is God the Son. Hebrews chapter 1 makes it abundantly clear. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us in or by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself, by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Unto the Son, he says, thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever, A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up. And they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. To which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand? until I might make thine enemies thy footstool. This Saviour of ours is God, manifest in the flesh. When Jesus presented himself to Thomas after the resurrection, Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Because we cannot fully grasp this unknowable fact, makes no difference to the truth of it. So much more, so very much more could be said to endorse and confirm to the believer's heart the deity, the divinity, the Godhood of the person of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. His very name means Jehovah the Saviour. And Jehovah means he who always was, who always is, and whoever is to come. He is the eternal God. Let us then this morning and every moment of every day wonder with amazement and worship the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Romans chapter 9 says, As concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all God, blessed forever. Amen. May the Lord establish within your heart afresh today the Godhood, the fact that our Saviour is none other than God, manifest in flesh. God bless you.